Blog Talk Radio. The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Out of my cell at the moment. Here we are. Or I'm radio. filtering for spam calls. We are talking so to please leave our guest number and voicemail. Uh, I'll try to get back to you. Thanks. Which is not a good thing. So we're going to hang up and we're going to try this one more time. Okay. Welcome, by the way, to the catch on Blog Talk Radio. We have a very exciting guest to share with you. Tonight, like we always do, a fascinating discussion. Hi, this Let's is Dave. Can... You've oh, reached my cell, and I'm yeah. apparently out of my cell at the moment. Hmm. You know, I have had this happen one time before, that uh, when I call somebody from the switchboard, of uh, the, the uh, blog talk radio switchboard, um, I get their voicemail. I don't know why that is. So maybe I will just um, send him a quick text. Hi, this this is Dave. Nope. You've reached my cell, and I'm apparently out of my cell. Okay. Hang on, everybody. We will. um... Let's see. How can we do this? So sorry, everyone, but sometimes these things uh, happen. Okay. My stone filtering out the call. Yes. Uh, so I will have Dave call me. At. Uh, where is the number here? Hang on, everybody. I appreciate your patience. 646-716-5721. There we go. Our guest tonight is Dave Horner, who is a professor uh, at Biola University. He also teaches at Talbot uh, Theological Studies. Um, He is an author of a number of books. I love this, Mind Your Faith, A Student's Guide for Thinking and Living Well. And uh, he's a contributing editor to Cardinal Virtues, Encyclopedia of Christian Civilization. Does that sound interesting? Yeah, I think he's called in. And uh, 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a a new program that is uh, uh, it's a, a conference coming up in October, and then a project to help create an oral history of the Jesus movement, uh, which will be housed at Wheaton College at the Billy Graham Center, and uh, like 50 interviews uh, of various people who've been involved. David is one of those people there. David will also be teaching us a seminar at the uh, at the uh, conference. We'll be talking about that a little bit in just a little bit. We'll talk more about that in case you live in Southern California and would like to come attend. Um, but uh, right now, uh, I, I would really like you to welcome uh, to back, because we've had him before, uh, so this is a welcome back to... Uh, Dave, Dave Horner from uh, Biola University. Dave, welcome back to Block Talk Radio. Thanks, John. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got you. We got you this okay. time. Okay. For some reason, my phone was filtering out uh, yeah. the call. <laughs> so I know. Uh, yeah, and glad to be you know here. what? That yeah, that's not that's not the first time that's happened either. Um, that has so it must be something about. Uh, you know this this uh, this phone call here from the computer yeah. into people's yeah. cell phone service just depends. Who knows? But here we are. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited to get started. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about my favorite subject, which is the Jesus movement, because uh, those of us who were alive then, and especially taking part in it, uh, kind of in some ways. Uh, I often think about it, Dave, like like the Lord gave me the high point of my life r- right yeah. off the bat, and it's been yeah. downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, <laughs> most of us wouldn't say that but uh, yeah. uh, for, about you, but yeah. it was a great time. <clears throat> yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, your experience, because I know you're a little younger than me. Um, mm-hmm. How old were you? You apparently were old enough to experience part of the Jesus movement. Tell us yeah. about that. Uh, tell us about what. Yeah. What you're, well, you're, uh, I think you know. I from from things I've read and and just in my own reflection, I think there were several phases of it, and mm-hmm. you were you were in a. Uh, you know, in really the first big phase, I think, uh, or, you know, an earlier uh-huh. phase than I was. But in it, so when it moved from uh, largely uh, involving, uh, you know, disaffected street people, hippies, all that kind of stuff, coming, kind of launching into the very, uh, very secular sort of arena, it then began to spill over into um, high school groups and, you know, people mm-hmm. that were involved in churches and so on. And that's, that's kind of what it was for me. So in, in 1971, so it, it just occurred to me mm-hmm. that that's 50 years ago, yeah. um, I was in high school and I was part of a church and it was a good church. I wasn't really opposed to the church at all. But I was looking for an identity, 
I was looking for a, a kind of reality to my faith and something that could connect to my world. And um, so, and I, I was, you know, I, I was probably a Christian, but I wasn't really, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't my Lord. And I had a lot of issues. And so all of that stuff converged in the summer of 1971 when some uh, hippie uh, street people type Christians came over from Boulder. I I grew up 12 miles from Boulder. Hmm. And they came over and led a Bible study in my town. And they had guitars. Mm -hmm. And... They had long hair and beards, and they were cool. <laughs> and there was no way I wasn't going to that Bible study. <laughs> mm. These people really, they're just completely unapologetically committed to Jesus. Yeah. And they they actually read the Bible, and they, they believe it, and, and they, they, they're great musicians, which was always of interest to me. And, you know, I, it was like that was, the, that was a turning point for me. Hmm. And I really did, did my business with Jesus that summer and started walking with him, you know, from then on. So it was, a, yeah. it was kind of in a – and, of course, at, in our group, we started singing, you know, we started singing some of the songs that, that Jesus Movement artists were writing and mm-hmm. – some of them were written by a guy named John Fisher, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. it changed, you know, it changed everything for people my age. I think it was like, I know there were some churches that really pushed back against it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that our church didn't, although we had a few rocky spots. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, when you look back on that whole movement, David, and obviously you, you've uh, a good deal of your life in an academic community, and you've looked at uh, uh, history and probably a bit of church history. Where, where do you – I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is truly an academic question, and yeah. it, it probably doesn't matter in terms of whoever got saved. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, but I'm curious, where does it fit into the scheme of, scheme of things? Like, what was it a was it just a movement? Was was it just a music thing? Was was it a revival? Was it like you put it at the same level as as a Billy Sunday, you know, revival camp meetings or, or uh, the Great Awakening? Or I don't know. Uh, how yeah. do you how do you think about it? Well, I'm, yeah, you know, I, I don't have really strong views on this, but mm-hmm. I would distinguish it. I would say it's more like the Great Awakening than it is a Billy Sunday thing, mm-hmm. because a Billy Sunday thing, these, these were traveling uh, revival, you know, it was like Billy Graham. There the, were intentional yeah. outreaches to people. And okay. the Great Awakening and some of these other awakenings, my understanding of them is that they weren't strategic in the sense that people were planning on anything. It's like something started mm-hmm. happening. Okay. And although they they were often preceded by a lot of prayer, um, 
and so in a sense that was strategic. But then it just yeah. it just kind of took off, and that's my understanding of the Jesus movement. It was it, it, th- these things were happening, uh, you know, in places and, and among people that nobody was reaching out to them at all. They were they were coming to Jesus. You know, and I, I, I know you, yeah. you knew, you know, Ted Wise or knew, I don't know if right. he's still with us, but, but my understanding of his story was, you know, yeah. he's just out there, you know, a, a drug using a sale maker or something. And right. he comes to Christ and, the, and he got involved in a church that didn't want him because they didn't want people like that. <laughs> and he started leading people to Christ, you know, and that's the kind of thing it was at least, you know, in those initial years, you know, I would think that would probably count as a, as a revival along yeah. the lines of this, the, the great awakenings. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I agree with you because uh, uh, I think too, I, I know, you know, recently we really haven't been that many people who wrote about it. You know, the, the book by, uh, uh, is it Eric? Erickson Estridge, or Larry Estridge. Yeah. Estridge, yeah. That was, yeah. of course, you know, a big book, Christianity, a day book of the year, you know, um, God's Forever Family. Um, probably probably the most thorough uh, mm-hmm. historical reckoning of the Jesus movement. Still, you know, I guess you have to do this with a book. You've got to make it start somewhere. And, uh, yeah. and so he starts it in Marin County with, as you mentioned, Ted Wise and other, other yeah. people like that. But, but in my, in my observations, because I've traveled uh, some uh, all over the country and then outside of the country, there was very similar things going on in South Africa at the same time. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the classic stories I have is that I ran into a guy in Palo Alto whose name was Ingemar Olsen. He was from Sweden and um, he was, he had come over to the States to see what was going on. Cause he heard something was going on and he had gotten a vision to start writing rock and roll uh, about Christ. Uh, and I would say, you know, we just laughed about it because we started comparing notes and our lives were almost identical comparison he grew up in the baptist church and i grew up in a baptist type of church here and the same boy it was uh, almost we got the vision on the same day you know and mm. and so in my book you know that would also lend itself to what you're saying about it being a movement that really was begun more than anything by the holy spirit yeah uh, yeah uh, uh, calling people and you and, can't and you you know we we we're as part of this ablaze conference at Biola, you mm-hmm. know, we're the, the the point of it is to think about it as a as a kind of revival, or and and you know that the that the Holy Spirit did, and then what can we learn from it? And yeah. Of course, if it's the Holy Spirit doing it, in one sense, there's not a lot we can learn from it because he decides to do <laughs> something. About that. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't take he he doesn't take our uh, strategies, you know, it, yeah. he, he just does, it. uh, doesn't ask our permission even. Um, yeah. I agree. I, I agree totally. And, uh, but then is it, you know, 
you know, there, there have been a lot of efforts that have gone into this oral history at, uh, yeah. uh, at the Billy Graham Center. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so what there must be something we can learn from it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there are all, there what are your thoughts all kinds on that? of things you can learn from it. And one of them is what, what we just have said, <laughs> that mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit does what he does. And that doesn't mean we should never strategize or plan or anything, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. we, all, we have to hold all that stuff with a pretty loose hand and grip. Right. And, right. and if we see him moving, we should, you know, we should get on the wave, if, uh, you know, to the extent that we can. We should, we should kind of have our eyes open to what the Holy Spirit might be doing. And, you know, like the church, you, you and later I were a part of in, in Palo Alto, Peninsula Bible Church, you know, I, I think that was the one church that fairly uniquely was open to, yeah. you know, this. And a lot mm-hmm. of churches weren't. And they just missed the boat, like the like the original church that Ted Wise, you know, they basically yeah. kicked him out. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing we can learn, um, and not not to feel like our strategies are the the be all and end all. Yeah. Um, but we can pray for God to work. I'll, I'll just I'll mention one other thing, but. My wife, her whole family came to Christ in the Jesus movement, hmm. um, and and she she I've heard her say this that you know kind of her her conclusion is and she quotes from the King James version of John three seven or whatever it is that the the wind bloweth where it listeth. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know yeah. unintelligible to most of us today, but it, you know Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, "The wind blows where it wills," and the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. kind of like that. You yep. can't put him in a box, um, but be ready. You know, be, be ready to, what, yeah, be ready to go along with it. And yeah. uh, I, I uh, for me, I think that's partly what made it work. Because, um, you know, here we were part of the baby boom generation, one of the largest, you know, groups of young people ever, uh, you know, in in American history, all born after the war. And we're coming of age. We had grown up in relatively peaceful world and. you know, middle-class families everywhere. You know, everybody had a car in the driveway and a, a washing machine and a dryer and mom at home in her apron, you know, cooking. And the, the whole, yeah, the, the, the whole middle-class American dream. It was yeah. probably as close as we'll ever get to the American dream during the 50s. And, and yet, by the time we got, all of us got away to college, uh, I've often thought about this way, Dave, that, that uh, you know, because of that relatively peaceful uh, upbringing, when we got to college, we were actually able to think seriously about some deeper questions about life that, you know, when there's when the world's at war, you don't have a time to stop and think about yeah. what your purpose in living, you know, yeah. um, 
but suddenly we do. What are we here for? What is this all about? And what do we, you know, do we love each other? What and what does that mean? And and then the the whole the whole course of the war in Vietnam and civil rights and everything mixes into that. But we we were all just coming into call our age at college, so we were relatively loose and free. We didn't, you know, we didn't have, yeah. not many of us were married, thinking about families and, you know, didn't have a lot of responsibilities. So the, the timing was pretty amazing. I mean, I just think, I think, I know I did. I just jumped in with uh, both feet. Yeah. Let's, let's go wherever this is going to go. This is exciting. And to tell yeah. you the truth, I, we, I never, we were so convinced after reading Hal Lindsey's book, uh, late mm-hmm. planet of Earth, that we we were going to be the last generation, and, and yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I, I was quite relieved that I w- probably was not going to uh, uh, even bother with getting married or having to buy a home mm-hmm. and have a mortgage payment. I thought that, that yeah. was a great. I thought I was going to get out of all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I when I graduated from high school. Uh, the Lord gave me an opportunity to be the speaker at my high school graduation. Ah. And I had a, I had a hey. similar sort of thought that you did. I thought I was made for this. This is what uh-huh. God has called me to do. I'm going to talk about Jesus at my high school graduation. Wow. And then I'm going to, I'm going to die in a car wreck that summer. <laughs> and I will have fulfilled my calling in life. <laughs> wow. So imagine wow. my disappointment when I when I survived the <laughs> summer and I had to re- live the rest of my life. <laughs> There's something about that, you know, the yeah. view from the gallows, so to speak, that that crystallizes your attention yeah. in in your commitment. I I think that probably just a whole lot of people like that during that time. It yeah. it just seemed like the world was going to end. Jesus is coming back, you know. Right. We, we get on with it. Right. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, and how, I think one how, of the reasons – sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was one just going to say, I think maybe one of the reasons things changed in the Jesus movement, there are probably a number of reasons, you know, of how – why in the 70s it kind of changed from from the way it had been, was that, you know, people were growing up and they – they had to get jobs and they, they were getting married. You know, yeah. Jesus didn't come back. And, yeah. and, and also the culture wasn't writhing as much. It was, you know, the, the challenges were different, mm-hmm. uh, but part of it mm-hmm. is just having to, you know, a young, it's, it was a young people's movement and they True. grew up. Yeah. Yeah. How important was music? To the Jesus movement, I think it was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've heard, and I I don't know if this goes back to some scholar or it's just a report of a report of a report, but I've I've heard a, a, a mission sort of person say that a gospel the gospel has not um, really doesn't hasn't yet embedded a cultural context until they are writing their own music uh, oh. about Christ. Oh. And it, that makes sense to me. Huh. Again, I don't know if that's a, 
you know, I don't know how credible that is, but that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I think that's certainly happened here. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I know for me, for sure, because I'm interested in music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was those hippies with the guitars <laughs> that brought me to, yeah. to, you know, and it was, it just was continually like that. And so, um, yeah. And, and, and then part of that's probably because we were young. And, and also, I think music w- played a role in the in our um, our time during those days that maybe it hadn't played before. I don't know, but it 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 mm. would it had really become the center of youth culture. That's true. Yeah, we were we were expressing a lot more than just uh, you know falling in love and yeah. teeny, reading yellow polka dot bikinis, you know, I mean, we were, we were, <laughs> we were singing about four dead in Ohio. We were, yeah. we were singing about the war. We were singing protesting, yeah. you know, Dylan blowing in the wind. Uh, if yeah. I had a hammer, we were singing about justice and civil rights. Yeah. And uh, the thing all, it was really all the things we cared about. Um, yeah came out and I know that's I know that's precisely why I started writing about the Lord because I cared about the Lord. So yeah. why not? You know, if we're yeah. writing about all Absolutely. the things we care about, how can we leave how can we leave that out? You know? Yeah. And uh I know that that was at least what the Holy Spirit the message the Holy Spirit got through to me very clearly. Yeah. You know? yeah, I mean I mean yeah. well me too. and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying. You basically asked me one day. You know, do you while I was listening to the Beatles? You know, do you like this music? And 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 I obviously I said yes. And how does it make you feel? That well, makes me feel happy. And well, how do I make you feel? Well, you make me feel happy. Well, then write me the music. <laughs> it was just you know, it was that, it was that clear. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad he. Uh, I'm so glad you listened to that because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy. You know, um, your music yeah. was a big part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, thinking about the present day now, um, because t- our time runs. Uh, that's the problem. Half an hour is never enough. Um, yeah. but we're thinking about, um, the present day, where we're at now, you know, there are a lot, the younger generation right now in, I see actually some similarities between them and us when we were 50 years ago, you know, there, a lot of them are disenfranchised. A lot of them are dissatisfied with the church. They're not going to church anymore. Um, things have kind of gotten old and and stale um they very much seem to care about the world around them things that Mm -hmm. a lot of christians the boomers don't care about things like climate uh you know climate change race uh all the big issues that keep Mm -hmm. showing up well that's their world you know they they're in that world and and so they care about it, just like we cared about civil rights and the war in Vietnam. That was our, our that was our world. So 
You know, I don't know what I'm asking, Dave. I just want to throw it out. You know, could we, could there be another kind of, I know it would never be the same. It would be totally different, totally unique, but could there never ever be another awakening? And, uh, you know, uh, what, 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 as older people, what could we be doing maybe to help yeah. uh, sow the seeds of something like this? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is sort of what we were talking about earlier about our church in in, uh, Palo Alto is that they were, you know, they they weren't so kind of stuck in their their older world that, Mm -hmm. that they weren't ready to recognize what God was doing among younger people and and listen and be open to yeah. reaching out to them and loving them. And, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of love going around these days uh, mm. in, in lots of ways. And, um, but I mean, it's kind of ironic that, that so many boomers, you know, are uh, in, in, in often not responsive to the younger well, when we were the ones that were the younger people back then, of course, <laughs> and and, lo- and longing to have people, you know, listen to us and and care about us, and um, oh, that's so good. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably a big part of it is is we we can keep keep our eyes open, but uh, also pray for for God's spirit to work. Yeah, ask ask him think, to work. Do you think that? Uh... You know, I know Marty and I have a vision that with uh, a lot of the boomers that that we know are a part of our audience, uh, we know we also have uh, a lot of millennials that are a part of our audience. And uh, it's been our desire to figure out how we can get them together, you know, and, mm. and uh, yeah. maybe even, you know, wouldn't it be incredible if, if every every boomer could link up with one one millennial in a meaningful relationship, you yeah. know, maybe not. It doesn't have to be discipleship. Like I'm the big guy and I'm going to teach you everything. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, uh, because I I don't even think they're they're open to that kind of that 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 kind of approach right. really. Uh, but a walking alongside, that's what we always mm-hmm. try to teach here more than anything. Walking alongside, yeah. let's get on the same road, walk together, talk, care about each other, listen, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you set that up. We're praying about that. But I would yeah. think we could, we could, you know, make a pretty big dent in the world if, if we could do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I look at our our friend Ray Stedman, who, you know, from that yeah. church, mm-hmm. you know, and here's a guy that did that uh, yes, with younger sure. people mm-hmm. and Ron Ritchie and, um, right. you know, and, and, you know, I think that's probably something that transcends the generations is that, you know, someone from an older generation cares enough to not just sit on their rear end after they retire, but but be a friend to someone who's younger and just kind of do life with them. 
which will inevitably influence both sides, you know. But yeah. um, I, 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 you know, I, I, you know, have worked taught a lot of the millennials, and now they're Gen Zs, and so on. But I know there's a real hunger that many of them have expressed to me to have right. some have an older person in their life. Uh, uh, cool. They just they long to but they long to belong. And they, they, they want somebody who's been around a longer to care enough to just to hang out with them and, and love them yeah. and, and maybe yeah. maybe teach them how to fix a sink or something. But uh-huh. uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, they just they feel disenfranchised and, and they, they need they really long for that. And so, yeah, boomers like us, you know, well, you don't have to have you don't have to be have a degree in it you just show up as a as as the follower of jesus and say you know i don't know what i'm doing but uh, let's do it together (laughs) you know yeah and what's going on with you you know kind of like you said about your music that how does that how does the music of the beatles make you feel well we can ask (laughs) questions like that yeah how does how does this whole god thing make you feel yeah it's a start yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Um, do you think, you know, you're at a, you're at an academic institution, you know, um, what is there, can you take a kind of spiritual pulse of the younger generation? Is there a hunger there? To, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there is, there's a real hunger. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a hunger for, for God. There's a hunger for an experiential relationship with God hmm. um, that's not just kind of abstract. And, 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 and I think this was true in the, in, you know, in the Jesus movement as well, true. that, the, you know, the church was kind of abstract and, and uh, theoretical. And <clears throat> what the Jesus movement represented was a very experiential, um, oh, he's right here. And hmm. And part of it is being able to sing songs, you know, that we that we can relate to, but but also just, you know, it's a very experiential thing, and I I know that's true for both millennials and Gen Z people, is that they want to, you know, they, as as I've read somebody say, they want an experience before an explanation. And, yeah. Uh, so That's yeah, relationships with, with, with boomers can help with that, I think. Wow. Well, Dave, thanks for uh, taking us uh, back a little bit into some memories that uh, bringing it, bringing it current too. Um, and uh, now tell us a little about, there's a conference coming up. Um, yeah. In that next month. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah. It's, I think it's October uh, I, don't, I hopefully I don't hang up on you by looking it up on my calendar. Oh yeah, okay. uh, it's seven, it's, seven, eight, and nine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, seven, eight, and nine. It's mm-hmm. called Ablaze, A B L A Z E, and it's it's got a whole bunch of workshops, um, and but it's also got you know uh, big speakers, and uh, some of the old music groups. Um, and so on Friday night, there is a Jesus Movement concert, Jesus People concert, 
with Love Song. So anybody who was part of the Jesus movement yeah. remembers Love Song. They they were sure. the Beatles of the Jesus movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the Salt Company, which you know more yeah. about than I do, John. But yeah, they're great. Uh, they were they were part uh, of Hollywood Hollywood Press. Presbyterian yeah. Church. Yeah. And so they're going to be there. Two thirds of the second chapter of Acts. <laughs> that's the name of a group, the second chapter of Acts. And so two thirds of them, uh, there, there was a trio of, of brother yeah. and sisters. And I think uh, the older sister um, may be unable to come, uh, you know, just because of age. I don't know. But anyway, the two younger ones are going to be there. And the, the guy is Matthew Ward, the brother. Yes. And he's a great, phenomenal Fantastic. singer and artist yeah. on his own in his own right. That's right. And I think there may be some others, but Nancy um, Honeytree. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nancy Honeytree. So Nancy she Honeytree. Was, she was the big thing in the middle ages, uh, middle ages, the middle M- Midwest. Midwest. Yep. Yeah. My, Fort, the, Fort so my, Wayne, my wife. Yeah. My wife was, was <laughs> part of that thing in Fort Wayne. Oh, that's uh, great. Honeytree. Uh, yeah. So, you know, my wife was from Michigan. She went to college in near Fort Wayne and would go to that thing and Nancy Huntertree would be playing there and Phil Keggy and eventually I think Petra was a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> but but she was yeah, Nancy Huntertree was was huge in that area. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be great fun. And that's on Friday night? Yes. Okay. And then there are uh workshops the workshops during the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Friday. And, and I think some on Saturday there, again, there's probably, there are probably five or six large meetings that'll, I'm sure each have some music. Yeah. Um, not just that, that Friday night concert. And I think love song actually is, appears several times at those other things. Right. Um, and then the, 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 the workshops like the one I'm giving they're by, uh, you know, various people, scholars of various sorts, but also other folks. So like Odin Fong, who yes. was the leader mm-hmm. of Mustard Seed Faith, uh, which was one of the groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a pastor and, and church planter who uses music as part of planning new churches. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of interesting people. Okay. And then, then of course, this whole thing is being archived. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you, you did an interview. I did one, yeah. uh, you know, m- about 50 different yeah. uh, musicians and leaders from the Jesus movement. Yes. Uh, each did an, about an hour-long interview, uh, and, and that's all available um, online. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the site. It's, uh, do you remember? No, uh, I don't. I, I, you're, you're, this is news to me that it's available online. Yeah. Great to I hear. think if you do oral history, if, I, I bet if you Google oral history of the Jesus movement, you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, so they can hear, they can hear both you and me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're, yeah. we both have interviews. So that'll be great. Well, it's yeah. an interesting time, and uh, we're excited about seeing some of this stuff come back up. 
and mm-hmm. uh, we just will keep praying that, uh, of course, we always want a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, we're, we're always praying for that and longing for that, and boy, do we uh, ever need one right now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. David, thank you so much for being my guest tonight and uh, sharing your thoughts with us. You're welcome, John. It's always a- and uh, yeah, and if it's see, if you're in Southern California and want to attend uh, that weekend, uh, October seven through nine, um, check that out. It's uh, uh, a blaze. Is that right? Yeah, ablaze, and there's you know you just Google that ablaze Biola University, and it'll come up. Yeah, that'll come up there, and uh, yeah, and it's at Biola, right? Most of the yeah okay that'll be great well thank you again and uh, I look forward to seeing you there and uh, we'll we'll just keep praying and see what the Lord has for all of us Amen Amen Thanks John Okay all right David thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us tonight I appreciate it You're welcome See ya Okay all right there you go folks Well it's that's great. And we, we had a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Andrew McDonald on, and he, he's the one who's putting together the whole oral history at the Billy Graham Center. So um, lots of exciting things happening, and I uh, hope that uh, you'll stay tuned. But think mostly now, if you're a millennial or a boomer, think about um, – how we can get together. Uh, boomers need millennials. I'll tell you that right now, because uh, uh, so many are going into retirement, and uh, the temptation in retirement is just kind of pull the plug on everything. And uh, that's a big, big mistake. You don't want to do that. So boomers need millennials to stay alive, to keep current, keep awake and to expand their own gifts and ministries and uh, millennials need boomers for love and care and a listening ear and wisdom and uh, all of that good stuff we really need each other we have a tendency to just stay in our own little enclaves and uh, now we got to break out so stop praying about how God might have you Link up with someone outside uh, your little your little group. Um, if you got the catch uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I love the verse that I found uh, in there about. Um, uh, let's see if I can try and remember it now. It was uh, talking about um, oh how how the part of the uh, fruits of the flesh, you know, the Galatians 5, fruits of the spirit and fruits of the flesh, the fruits of the flesh, fruits of the sinful, evil nature in man, part of that is just being in a group uh, of your own people um, and, and believing that everybody else is wrong except for you and your little group. Look out for that, folks. 
not good. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Yeah, for another exciting interview. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together. Trying to help the fellow.